common weekly. We are back yet another week. We're back to bring you another dose of coronavirus defiance. They've taken our games, but we can still run our mouths, and we're here to do it. This is Nick, as always, joined by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? We've got producer Brad. Hey, hey. And filling in in Coach Woody's spot this week, uh, a man that goes by many titles, associate head coach, All-American, uh, or as we call him, if you've checked the, re- the list of retired numbers over on the third baseline at the Hayes, we, he just goes by number four, Coach Bo Robinson. What's up, Coach? Oh, how's it going, Niner Nation? It's good to, good to be on, on live with you guys. All right. We got a big show for you tonight. We plan on this being a lot of fun. But um, before we jump in and, and introduce the rest of our guests, Coach, um, you guys are in an ever-evolving situation with, with the team and with everything that's going on, trying to manage the situation as best you can. What, um, what updates can you bring us from, uh, from the Niners? Well, uh, today we actually had a, a team uh, meeting on uh, Zoom again, which we're trying to do this every every Thursday afternoon just to try to stay in touch with our guys and, and try to stay in contact with them, make sure they're staying on top of their workouts as best as they possibly can under the situations that we're under, um, and really just trying to reach out to them and stay connected with them. Um, I do know that um, we got some good news from the NCAA, which has been outstanding for our seniors being able to get another year of eligibility which is only going to help our team uh, get even even better than it was before because we're, we're all excited about this upcoming year for sure. Um, but it also helps uh, some of the other guys get their, get their years back. So um, I think it was a, the right decision from the NCAA's perspective. I think they did the right thing, uh, especially with student and athlete welfare is as important as it is nowadays. Um, nobody should have to cancel a full year of playing um, for only 17 games. I think most people know in college baseball you get – a 56-game schedule. That's just the regular season. Then you got postseason play. So a lot of times these kids are playing 60-plus games a year, and 17 games they shouldn't they shouldn't have to burn a year of eligibility, in my opinion. So I think the NCAA made a really good decision. I think Mike Hill talked about this earlier today um, on the radio, I believe, uh, that uh, he was going to help out as far as some of the financial aid and, and scholarships and whatnot, which is obviously going to help the families out. So. Our administration has been great in this. Coach Woody's been great with this. Um, and I know our kids were um, keeping their fingers crossed in terms of uh, wanting to make sure that they had another year of eligibility. And I think a lot of people don't understand, too, is the, uh, the MLB draft is only five rounds. And obviously, we got some pro guys coming on here in a second. But um, uh, five rounds, is that is a small draft. So there's going to be more opportunities to show up on campus to make our team better. Um, and we're going to get some returners probably going to come back on campus again. Um, so I think it's only going to help our program and, uh, and how we're going to be as far as a team next year uh, get to the place that we want to get to, which is playing in postseason play in regionals and super regionals and hopefully Omaha, um, which is always going to be the goal. But overall, the kids are doing good, man. They're, they're working their tails off as best they can. They're keeping their grades up. Um, obviously, that's, that's an important piece of the puzzle. We're staying on them about their grades, even though they're all online. Um, so they're doing a good job from that standpoint, um, but they're trying to get their workouts in as best they can and trying to get out to a field and keep their arms in shape because hopefully all these guys are going to try to get out to play some summer ball since they lost a lot of 
of time, uh, especially position players, going to lose a lot of at-bats, going to lose a lot of reps, a lot of swings, a lot of ground balls and defensive work. Uh, so summer ball is going to be even more important for these guys. And heck, some of our pitchers need to keep their arms in shape because uh, a lot of them are going to be going to the P3 place in St. Louis. Um, so overall, we're trying to keep everybody in shape the best we can, eat the right way, um, and try to train and continue to do what they can, whether it's a Rocky workout, them making up stuff in their backyard, or them trying to find some kind of weight room at a high school or whatever, whatever it may be. They're all trying to make creative ways to try to stay in shape and, and get ready for this upcoming summer. But overall, the guys are doing great, man. It's a great group of kids. They're, they're good kids. They've, they've bust their tail all year. I kind of hate that the season ended the way that it did. Uh, with with this whole coronavirus, but it is what it is. We got to obviously uh, answer the bell. But I think these kids were getting ready to turn the corner. You could see the light bulb going off for a lot of these guys, and guys starting to make the adjustments they needed to do to be successful. And uh, obviously, we get a chance to end it on a positive note with the NC State win. But uh, I was really looking forward to playing that weekend down at UTSA, which is always a good team to play down there in Texas. But I thought we were going to hit our stride and get going. Uh, to be honest with you. But I think these guys are responding well so far, and I think they're going to be ready to play uh, once uh, the summer comes around and definitely this fall. They're all going to be excited to get back out on the baseball field again because, shoot, we're all fortunate enough to be able to play this game or coach this game. And Shoot, you never never think about the game getting taken away from you like we have. And, and uh, this is uh, uncharted waters for all of us, so we're all trying to make the adjustments as best we can. If there is a silver lining at all, and heck, I get a chance to spend a lot of time with my wife and my kids, which has been outstanding. Um, I didn't realize how much of a green thumb I could be and um, how, how good of a pressure washer I could be and uh, fixing the deck out there in the back and restaining and all kinds of stuff. So I think I'm ready to get back out on the baseball field, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> are, are you almost out of projects? I am out of projects. So next thing you know is I'm working on the Netflix, which is something new for me. But Toby has been telling me I need to get on this for quite some time. And, um, and so I've been watching the Ozarks, uh, pretty much watched that whole, uh, I guess, series. I've watched all three years or three years of it or three series of it. And Tiger King, that is something that is very, very interesting. If you guys haven't seen it, it is definitely a treat for you guys. <laughs> so, I made it through uh, one. I made it through one episode. Did you? No, you know, I, you keep I, watching. It actually gets entertaining. Very entertaining. Okay. Well, I we'll can try. tell that we've got I, I, we've got some guys here that want to comment on Tiger King real bad. So, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and uh, and introduce our other guest, and then we can get into uh, into the Tiger King discussion. All right, cool. But uh, well, we've got three Orioles prospects here on on the, on the call with us today on the show. Uh, I'm gonna go through a uh, brief introduction in order. Now, you guys can say a few things real quick. Um, I'm gonna go from right to left on my screen. Uh, Zach Garrett. Uh, team co-MVP 2017 team, uh, 2017 Conference USA All-Tournament team, drafted by the Orioles 28th round in the 2017 draft. Uh, Zach, how's it going? How's it going, guys? Uh, it's going well. Uh, just glad to be on here and glad to see and talk to everybody. Yeah, it's good to see you. Appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, Appreciate that uh, TJ Nickton, uh, he was the – Team MVP 2014 for Charlotte 49ers. Uh, uh, 2016 All-State second team. Uh, 2017 Conference USA first team and state All-State first team. Drafted by the Orioles in the ninth round of 2017 draft. TJ Nickton, how's it going? It's going good, man. I'm just glad to be here. Glad to see uh, my favorite coach, Bo Robinson, obviously in attendance here. And uh, just looking forward to this uh, this talk for the next uh, hour or so. 
yeah, we can go on forever probably. <laughs> uh, all right, next we got uh, Harris Yet, uh, the most recent uh, Charlotte O. He's a uh, team MVP 2019, uh, all-conference uh, second team 2018, all-conference first team 2019. Um, drafted by the Orioles last year in the 32nd round. Uh, Harris Yet, how's it going? How's it going, y'all? Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. Okay, guys, now, now you've all been properly introduced. Where, where were we at on this Tiger King thing? Because I saw all your faces light up as soon as Bo started talking about it. <laughs> so, so where are we well, at? I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know. They're probably – Yeah, they're probably shocked that Bo Rob figured out Netflix. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm laughing at. I know, right? <laughs> I'm just glad you finally got on it. But it is it is interesting if you haven't seen it. I mean, it's it's got more twists than – you could ever believe. I stopped um, after episode four. There was no way I could get through that. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> the most absurd show I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know how y'all stopped watching uh, after you got that far into it. Oh, well, yeah. It probably I one it. in the morning when I get hooked. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think I finished in two days. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> how many episodes is that? I think it's seven. 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 Yeah. About seven yeah, hours worth of some more episodes. Oh my god! I, I see everybody talking about it. I have, I, I really, I and and something about everybody being surprised. You can buy a tiger for two grand or something like that. Or yeah. I, I, maybe I you guys talking me into it. I think it was a little more of that thing of trying to make it known of how easy it was to access exotic animals, but nobody or like how they were treated, but then nobody really paid attention to that. It was all about the drama between like all these people that yeah. do buy these exotic animals and like feud Carol against Baskin. each other. Yeah. Carol Baskin. It's, it's wild. <laughs> I just thought it was crazy. Joe Exotic, he came in third for governor in like 2016 <laughs> of, uh, of the Oklahoma. That's yeah. insane to me. He got, I think it was 21% of the votes. Yeah, in Oklahoma, I'd, I'd never heard anything yeah. about this until this show popped up. No, and he, <laughs> yeah. he like tried to write his I, name in for president or something. I think I knew yeah, about he, that. He, was, speech, he started off running for president, but that didn't work. Yeah. So then he he settled for governor. It's <laughs> absurd. I, yeah, who who would have thought like the Myrtle Beach one would be like the most normal? I know. Yeah, yeah, that could, <clears> yeah, that, that, that was that interesting. Normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, like it was not. It was, yeah. It's very interesting. I don't know why I got hooked on it, but I did, and somehow I ended up liking it. I don't. I don't get it. I don't that, was that Coach Big? Don't that, Bob? Uh, I, well, I, I started kind of seeing the rankings on the uh, on the screen on the Netflix. On the Netflix, I started seeing the rankings, and I was like looking for something to do with the kids and the families. <laughs> it was it was interesting. I had to I had to get the kids to leave several times during the course of all this. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's definitely not a family show, I don't think. Cool, <laughs> no, cool. Uh, no, I, no, I realize that. <laughs> let's, uh, let's bring it on back to, to a little baseball talk here. Uh, when uh, when all this went down, you guys were in spring training. Uh, Zach and TJ, you guys uh, had been playing quite a few uh, major league games. Uh, some of them, uh, you guys are holding down the corners out, corner outfield spots together, same games. Uh, Harris, yet you got you were just got down there. Maybe you said ten days before the the shutdown. Yeah, uh, but I was there for ten days. 
talk about your spring training experience, how, how things were going uh, up to that point um, before things got shut down. Uh, I'll say, was, uh, like you guys said, it was, you know, like what you guys touched on a little bit with, you know, me and Zach being out there, it's, you know, sometimes I think, you know, we kind of take it for granted the fact that we've been teammates for roughly like what, seven years now. And, you know, we were on that stage and, you know, at that point I always tell people it's spring training playing in those games. That's, that's the top of the top right there. Like that's the highest level of baseball at that point during that time of the year. And, you know, when you kind of really sit back after one of those games, even if, you know, you get in for an inning or two, you kind of, you kind of sit there and laugh at the fact that, you know, I live with Zach for all four years of college and now we're in the same outfield, you know, three years after college, you know, all the things that we've been through and it's just kind of, it's just kind of crazy to sit there and, you know, really think about it and really think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's like he said, you sort of, it's sort of like one of those things you sit there and it's a surreal moment. Um, you, you really just, we're just sitting out there thinking, Oh, it's another game. We're playing baseball, but really you're on the, on the highest stage, um, getting opportunities. And like he said, whether it's just a couple innings, whether it's just defense or whether you're getting that bat or a pinch run, um, you're still getting that opportunity to, uh, to show your ability and what you're uh, able to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, being able to have that experience with TJ and we've been able to have it for three years now. Um, it's pretty crazy to think that we've gone seven years um, playing together um, and still going. Yeah. And you guys are getting some, uh, some screen time on MLB network uh, here and there. Uh, unfortunately with the mass and blackout here in Charlotte, um, it's kind of struggles to, uh, for us to get you on, but um Watching on MLB TV, you see you guys uh, getting in the games pretty neat. Uh, Harris, this is your first uh, spring training. Um, tell us how the first 10 days went. <laughs> um, well, it was good. I got a good little taste of what uh, spring training is like, but uh, then it ended abruptly. But, um, no, it was fun. It was uh, it was cool to be out there working with uh, some of the catchers that have been in the organization for a while, kind of watching them, how they get after it, and kind of just falling in line. and trying to get better um yeah it was good i think i got maybe seven live ab's the time i was there so but uh it was good good uh who uh did you you have you guys uh separated out into um like single leg uh double and all that etc down in the in the backfield yet or they just um kind of working together as um position wise yeah, they were, they were pretty much primarily position-wise. Uh, the only time you really see, like, me and Harris kind of shared the same aisle for our locker. So I saw Harris every morning, which is, you know, kind of going back to talking about playing with Zach. You know, this is Harris's first spring training. And, you know, last year he gets drafted by the Orioles, and we're obviously in the middle of our season at that point. It's just kind of funny, like, seeing him get drafted by the Orioles but then showing up to spring training, and you see Harris yet on a locker. You got Zach Jarrett. And then you can even throw in some guys that we played against in Conference USA. So it's kind of it's kind of wild seeing all that. Yeah, it's definitely really cool on our end. Uh, Make us proud to be fans of the program and um, uh, proud to follow you guys through your career. Uh, Nick, do you have anything? Uh... Well, no, I, I thought that was that was a great picture that that you posted, TJ, of of uh, your locker and Harris's locker. Um, it, it's social media does so much these days as far as as moving 
information because um, we, we were at the at the Hayes and um, Harris. I was, I was talking to your mom and uh, I said something about your locker being right across from TJ's. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? So I, I went and found the picture. I'm like, no, really? Look. And she's like, oh, my gosh. She's like, there, there's more there's more information on the Internet than, than I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and TJ were locker buddies, like right across from each other. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't uh, understand, too, that, that spring training, they've got, uh, what, seven fields going at the same time. you get got the big league club going with all the minor league teams. So, heck, there might be days where you might see see each other for a few minutes in the morning, and the next thing you know, you're sent off to your designated field. Um, I don't, but a lot of people probably don't understand that each organization probably has anywhere between, what do you say, about 150 to 200 uh, players counting yeah, the big I mean, leaguers, all the, all the leaguers and whatnot. So there is a lot of people wearing that Baltimore Orioles uniform in that same locker room. Yeah, it's, I'm trying to think. I think there was – All of those fields. Cool experience. You kind of get a little bit. That's why I think there was 60, 60 – I think 60 big league invites and then – God, I don't know how many there are in the minor leagues. Probably 150 guys. So, like Bo said, what – but the Orioles are a little unique too, though, that we are our major league complex and our minor league complex are separated by about five miles, which is kind of interesting too. So when like when me and Zach get you know sent over to those games, we gotta you know practice for a little bit at minor league side, hop in the shower, you know get dressed up, drive over to the big league side, you know throw our stuff in a locker, get our stuff on, and you know it's probably thirty minutes before the game, we head out to the field and kind of soak it all in but that's like Bo said it's just kind of a lot of people man like if you guys were to come down there and try to find me Harris or Jack, you know it might take you a minute to kind of find us because there's four different fields and catchers are doing this outfielders are doing that and that, that's kind of where you distinguish you do so how are each of you guys um maybe you could take turns talking about what you're doing or what some of your strategies are just for trying to stay in some semblance of game shape uh, you know, while, while we all wait this thing out. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I sort of went to Dick's and it made sort of like a home gym type thing. Uh, and if we had some stuff at, at my mom's house that I've been able to use, but, um, so we're just sticking to a routine the best I can. Um, I'm talking to coach Patrick every day pretty much and sort of getting stuff from him. And I think all of us are, um, he's being a huge help and, sort of help help us navigate through this time and sort of figure out what we need to do to be able to stay ready whenever we get that go um, text or whatnot. Um, I mean, we, we don't know when that could be. That could be two weeks from now or it could be two months from now. Um, so really just trying to find ways to stay active. Um, you can't really, I guess, go out and do much on a baseball field with a group of guys, but you can sort of find a cage and throw into it and hit into it. Um, as much as you want and with as much free time as we have, that's about the easiest thing you can do. Yeah, it's like Zach said, I think, you know, for me, like I'm just trying to kind of stay on my feet, kind of have like something going on. You know, I got like uh, I got some dumbbells that are adjustable. Uh, I got a TRX that I can kind of like if I want to go outside and do it, I can hook it up on something or you can even put it in like the top of a, a door frame and close the door on it. And it's pretty uh, supportive. But, you know, like I tossed with uh, Reese Hampton the other day. You know, because like me, Harris, Reese, and another buddy have been kind of playing some disc golf, you know, kind of <laughs> just trying to like get outside and do something. And kind of like Zach said, we don't know when it's going to be. But and I think the thing that's interesting, though, about sports is 
you know, with every season, you know, especially baseball being the primary one is, you know, there's a month, a month and a half of spring training. And, you know, when we get, if we, if we do, or when we do get that call back to play, maybe this year, you know, we're going to have hopefully, you know, a week or so, you know, to at least get some ABs against other guys to practice, to get some reps before we get thrown into a game. And I think that's, what's kind of been tricky about this whole situation too, with the MLB and, and even minor league or college or little league or whatever is, you know, you got guys that, you know, have been sitting around for, for whether it's going to be two, maybe three months. And then just to ask them come in and go a hundred percent game speed is, is, is going to be a big liability. I feel like for a lot of teams with, you know, a lot of people that they might have money invested in. And that's where I think this whole situation is kind of, is, is tricky is kind of making sure that you're not jeopardizing health. And, and, and that's where I think, you know, we have no clue what to even expect if we do get like that call back. So it's just kind of do the, do the best you can right now and just kind of go with it and, you know, take the punches as they come. Uh, yeah. Um, like TJ said, we've been going out to the disc golf course. I'm just trying to get outside and do something every day. Um, stay active. Um, but I have a TRX at home. I got in Haven elementary school right across from my parents' house. And I just go hook it up over there or I'll go on like a little jog, but, uh, I've been uh, catching some bullpens of a couple of buddies of mine. Actually, I've been through with uh, Colby Bruce the other day. We went to Quail Hollow middle school. I caught one of his bullpens. Um, but yeah, I've been going to AK and catching a couple other pro guys, bullpens and just trying to stay kind of, um, see like the ball coming at me, I guess a little bit as a catcher, um, stay in tune, stay like in shape, I guess. So it's been working out good, but, getting bored sitting in the house other than that for the most part a lot of video games with the boys yeah a lot of a lot of show games versus tj and reese <laughs> so, <laughs> so what what is the what is the communication from from the orioles look like for you guys right now i know that they're they're pulling you guys in and periodically but what what does that kind of look like these days yeah i mean for the most part we i think we've had some sort of zoom meetings and stuff that we have sort of sprinkled throughout the week, um, whether it's stuff working on like meditating or like mental skills or just like if anybody wants to drop in and um, sort of say, hey, and see some people and talk and whatnot. Um, so we've had that opportunity. I don't think, I mean, I know I haven't heard anything from a standpoint of what possibly could happen. Um, it's sort of just trying to keep everybody connected in a way um, since normally we would all be together right now, um, and sort of trying to work on, work on a, something that has to do with baseball in the mental aspect, um, as much as we can, um, in this situation. Yeah, you guys, uh, TJ and Zach, you guys are kind of veterans here, um, with the organization. Um, last year, I guess they went through a change. They got a new GM in, uh, in the organization and he's made some, um, some, uh, uh some pretty big changes, I guess. Throughout the organization, he's um, uh, wanted to focus on analytics and international scouting departments. They've, they've grown. I read an article that said they've grown tenfold uh, since he's taken over. Um, have you seen um, any differences uh, on the player development side of things and analytics type uh, of data since um, the new GM took over? Uh, I think we were starting to kind of just get into, you know, that's what's kind of 
tough about this situation is we were just kind of getting in with the the new guys that they had hired this year. A lot of analy- a lot of analytic guys uh, started kind of coming in this year. Um, we were we were starting to get on the same page with all that stuff, kind of you know learning, doing our best to kind of figure out some more new tricks or some new uh, new things that we could learn to help improve certain things, maybe bat speed or just a, a more efficient way to go track a fly ball or get a good read. So that's, that's what's been kind of unfortunate about this whole situation is kind of lost that momentum we had, but you know, the biggest thing that I think I've seen is with the, with the analytics that have paid off. I mean, immediately was, I think every single affiliate for the Orioles is ERA went down at least a run. Uh, they get those uh, high speed uh, HD cameras to, you know, really track the pitcher's grips to try to get like that, the spin efficiency, you know, the, the, the rotation on the ball to be perfect. Um, and, and I think a lot of that really paid off for them. And, and it's the, the hitting part. We didn't really have much of that advanced anything last year, really. I think we were kind of started getting into more of the analytics, the more uh, um, maybe like a newer school philosophy on hitting things, uh, trying things out in the cages a lot during spring training, like we were doing a bunch of, you know, not the old, you know, I don't want to say old school, new school, but just like we take regular BP, you know, like in college or even in pro ball, it's just, you know, straight at you from the mound. And we were doing a lot of machines that were kind of throwing angled, like the machine would be in between second base and the plate, you know, where you'd be hitting. So it'd be almost like coming in from like right center or be coming from left center. So it was just, it was, it was kind of some new stuff to make you uncomfortable. I think kind of make you a little bit better, maybe find some holes in your swing that you might not have thought were there or, you know, just trying to make you uncomfortable so that way you can be more comfortable when the game starts. And, and again, like I said, that's kind of what's been unfortunate about this whole situation is it kind of ruined that momentum we were kind of gaining with the, uh, the new staff and the new guys. And all those new guys are, are younger, very personable, um, kind of like those, honestly, like Bo. You know, I love Bo because very personal person. You can talk about what, you know, you did on Friday night or Saturday night. And you can also, he can, you know, he expects business out of you at the same time when it's time to build. So that's, uh, like I said, you know, for the fourth time, it's unfortunate that, that all happened, but it is what it is right now. And we're just trying to, like Zach said, do the Zoom meetings and, and kind of keep in touch. Has the analytics staff caught, has, has baseball analytics caught up to measuring uh, bat throws yet? <laughs> hey, I only had one last year. I'll tell you that. I only had one last year. Wow. I think it's because uh, it's because we had those blast motion things on our knobs. <laughs> so it was like a little extra knob for me. And I was taping it up because my hand would slip off and then the blast motion would come off. And so I started throwing tape on it. So I had, I don't even know how to explain it. I had like a doorknob on the end of my bat. So I wouldn't let him go. I'm impressed, TJ. Yeah. Well, I was honestly, I, all those bat throws <laughs> are just trying to, trying to hit you and Hibs in college. That's it. I, I'm sure you guys were. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're cracking down on, on uh, fan safety in the, in the MLB. So they, they had to. Yeah. Had to stop you from swinging bats into the third row yeah uh, it's honestly been awesome with the new nets and everything to be to be completely honest i i do get worried about that sometimes when i throw a bat and, and honestly i know we joke about it a lot but it is a little bit nicer i know it's a little bit nicer going to a field that has some netting behind the dugouts and it, it's funny to say <laughs> but it is serious yeah it is Bo using using high speed um high speed cameras to analyze grips and dropping eras that that sounds familiar Yep, yep. We're 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 utilizing a uh, utilizing a lot of that stuff on the on the pitching side of things, and obviously hitting wise too as well. Um, heck, we're even using it on some defensive stuff. I mean, it's 
it's really cool because it can it can slow it down um, where you can really break down certain mechanics or or fundamentals that you need to make sure you're doing correctly. Um, so all that stuff, I mean, it's good. It's a good aid to try to train fundamentals more so than anything and try to make sure guys are able to repeat what repeat to make them successful. Um, so any of that stuff is, is always good stuff to use. And um, obviously uh, Simmons is kind of heading up a lot of that stuff and he kind of helps put it all together, but we're all kind of learning how to use it um, as best we possibly can to try to help the kids out. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about player development kids get better and having access to, to tools that they're not only going to use probably some in college now, but uh, definitely in professional baseball. Um, but the analytics stuff is, is good. And there there's, there's kind of a fine line on both sides of it. I mean, with, with the analytics stuff and the technology, cause you don't want to get too mental either. I mean, that's, that's the other part. You don't want to get so mental that you end up over analyzing everything either. Cause you, I mean, baseball is a game where you gotta, you gotta play and react a lot. And then and obviously, uh, uh, be fast twitch and a lot of things you do. So you don't want to be robotic and slow and stiff or anything like that. But I tell you what, I mean, some of the camera angles that we have over our third base dugout, the first base dugout, um, the synergy we have, the bat system, all that stuff has been great because it helps us uh, get video of in-game scenarios that take place. And if guys are struggling a little bit, I mean, why not use it? Um, so I think our guys love it. And obviously TJ and those guys are getting to use it a lot more now than that, that they have access to it in professional baseball. There's a lot more money in professional baseball on the player development side of things. Um, and it's good that we're using some of that stuff now. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of benefits to it, but at the same time, there's still got to be some some feel segments part of, of, of your of your game because you got to be able to make quick adjustments in game because uh, that's heck. I mean, baseball is a game of adjustments all the time, whether it be in and at bat or in between pitches or whatever it may be. You need to be able to feel something to make quick adjustments in game. But high-speed video or camera angles and all that stuff like that, anything that can help player development, uh, we're all for it. All right. Um, let's, let's get into some 49er stories from you guys. Um, you guys are all teammates <laughs> for, for the 2017 season. Um, TJ and Zach, you guys are kind of the first uh, Conference USA recruiting class that we had go through uh, yep, after we, right. um, yeah. we jumped from the A-10 to uh, Conference USA. Uh, Harris, you're on the – kind of on the tail end of that. Um, I want each of you guys to, to jump through your recruiting process for me um, and uh, tell us why you chose to come to Charlotte in the first place. And uh, uh, then I'll let, I'll let Bo speak on that too. Zach, you want to start out? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I was – I'm from Hickory, about an hour away from Charlotte. Uh, and we were actually playing a little more around local, um, local college here. And I was playing in a tournament, summer showcase tournament. And Brandon Hall was the one that was um, there watching. And um, I'd had a good, pretty good weekend that weekend. And uh, then got in contact with them, uh, went down to Myrtle Beach. I think Myrtle Beach was the first time I'd met Coach Chibs. Um, and we <laughs> had another good game. And I was trying – we were walking out with my parents, and I was trying to talk to him or, like, say hello – and he was like sprinting away from me because I guess during that time they weren't allowed to talk to us. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "Good game, good game." I can't talk to you though. NCAA rules, NCAA rules, man. That book like, is I, did, I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, but then I, I think I went on my visit uh, that next fall, and um, Coach Hibbs honestly drew me in. Uh, I'd seen Bo Rob before um, at a camp, um, but. All of them were great. I mean, once I went there, I went with my parents, and I think I walked away from there and was like, 
this is home. This is, this is where I want to be. And um, they just, they, they made me feel wanted and uh, they made it very personal. Um, it was something that you didn't really hear about that was happening at other schools. You hear a lot of big schools that would sort of do a little more that uh, wasn't necessarily good, but um, I knew that I was going to be a part of the family and they were going to do whatever they could to help me get better uh, each day whenever I went there on my visit. And I think I committed like the week after um, and uh, loved every minute of it while I was there. TJ, you uh, took a long journey from Ohio to Charlotte. Uh, talk about your uh, your head coach in high school and, and how you got recruited to come down to Charlotte from Ohio. Yeah, so uh, like you said, long trip. Uh, Brian Treadway is my high school coach uh, in uh, in Ohio, and he uh, obviously is a former former Forty <laughs> er and he was pretty good at baseball. <laughs> Threw the ball pretty hard. I can attest to that because he was always probably pumping in 90 during our uh, high school practices, getting us prepared for, you know, a guy that we knew we were going to have to face a month from now uh, for uh, playoffs. Uh, I, I can still remember to this day him long tossing in the outfield, getting his arm loose and his, his ball was ripping like the laces. I could hear him ripping and I knew I had a decent arm and stuff like that, but he had a grown man arm and he was, he was well removed from baseball uh, at that point too. But uh, no, like uh, Zach said, man, I think I think Coach Hibbs drew me in. I uh, I specifically remember being in I think Georgia for um, some perfect game stuff, and uh, I remember him sitting up with his clipboard. You know, if I think if I had a portrait of Coach Hibbs, it'd be him with his clipboard and maybe his hand over his mouth. Uh, but he was there <laughs> watching me, and I think I honestly remember him because he had that white hair and. Uh, <laughs> I never really saw Bo, I don't think. I don't think Bo got to see me. Uh, I know Coach Hall was there a little bit. Uh, I played really well in Georgia. I remember that. Um, ended up – Coach Hibbs, I think, ended up taking a trip all the way up to Ohio to talk to me, and I really thought that was pretty cool that, you know, he came up about seven, eight hours, whether it was on his way to something else or not. But he came all that way just to uh, – basically to make me an offer in my in my kitchen, sitting at the dining table, and I didn't know what – Charlotte, North Carolina was. I didn't know what Conference USA meant. I didn't know what anything meant. All I knew is I thought that I wanted to go south and play some baseball, even though I did love Xavier and they were the, the first school to offer me. I have to throw that in there. My dad played baseball at Xavier, but uh, a little heavy on the uh, the wallet. But uh, I, I wanted to go south. <laughs> I, uh, I trusted my high school coach, Brian Treadway, obviously. And, you know, I actually uh, – I committed, I think, a week, maybe a week or two after after Coach Hibbs made the offer, and I hadn't even stepped foot or seen the campus. I just kind of went with, you know, what I, I trusted in what Coach Hibbs said, and I listened to uh, obviously Coach Treadway at that time too. Trusted him with my uh, whole being, and 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 honestly, I think it was the greatest thing that ever happened. I didn't think that maybe my first year or two, because uh, I was a little homesick, but. Uh, you know, I ended up paying off big time. I, I can't leave this place now. I love Charlotte. And my family's fighting to get me to come home now. And they used to tell me uh, my freshman and sophomore year, hey, man, there's really nothing on, nothing going on back home. You're not missing anything. Now it's like, God, I don't even think he loves us anymore. So, you know, that's that's kudos to the coaching staff. And, and obviously, Zach and guys like Harris, my best friends, and all those guys. Uh, because, you know, this stuff. Uh, Charlotte left an imprint on me and, and, and honestly, I love it to death and I love like what I'm doing right now, man. This is, 
this is the stuff I live for. And I just hope that, you know, I can do my best. Like you guys were talking on a little bit earlier with social media. You know, I really want to do my best to hopefully get some other guys that are from Ohio or, you know, what have you to get guys that might not think Charlotte might not be the, the most beautiful place on the map or the coolest looking uniform or, you know, the top ranking or whatever, but man, it, it plays and I, I love it. So. I think we do have a couple guys coming in. I don't know if we can speak on those, yep. so we'll, we'll we'll move on. Maybe if we can't speak on those or not, but um, no, de- definitely TJ has opened up the door. Um, him and Treadway, um, those guys have have opened up the door for us in Ohio, and it's enabled us to get a lot of a lot of Ohio kids. I mean, we got a good name there. Brandon Hall kind of started that when he was here. Uh, matter of fact, I remember uh, when TJ and Jarrett, we're going through the recruiting process. I was actually a volunteer coach. I was in my second year as a volunteer, and we weren't allowed to go off campus. So I would always want to try to get those guys to camp so I could actually see those guys. Uh, but TJ did so well up there in Ohio, and then he came down south to play for us. Kind of helped us uh, get get a footprint in the Ohio uh, state uh, with the baseball aspect of things. And, and obviously, we get some really good players from up there, and they, they look at Charlotte as a halfway point. They all want to go south for the most part, um, and it's kind of a halfway point. It's about what TJ about six or seven hours for most people uh, from Ohio. Yeah, so their parents seven. come down there to see him play. Um, so, so Charlotte's kind of a good place to be, kind of a good middle ground, and it's a really good league to play in. Obviously, Conference USA, which all of our games are pretty much in the south. Um, so TJ's definitely helped out that a lot. Uh, um, getting getting players like Lothus and, and Palali and, and guys like that. So. And those boys play a little bit. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty good. We're excited got, uh, about those guys' future. That's for sure. I got a, a little side story uh, with. Uh, I think after I committed, Charlotte was playing Xavier uh, at Xavier, and uh, I'd actually come straight from my uh, high school game. So we had we were green and white. So we had the one pinstripe down the leg, and I was wearing a Charlotte hoodie, and I had a green build hat on. And I remember some of those guys. Uh, that were on the field, like in the bullpen. When I walked down, they were like looking at me like they like like I looked like a player for Charlotte, and they're like, "Who's this kid?" <laughs> but I, I'll still never forget to this day sitting there and watching that game. And I looked at my dad, and I I told him to his face, I was like, "I don't know if I can play at this level, man. This game was so much faster, and Xavier's grass was cut so short. And then I come down to Charlotte, and we're we're playing on a put a putt putt green." with dirt that's hard as uh the blacktop in the parking lot i'm looking at right now and i, I don't know how i made it but i did and it was awesome yeah say so you adjusted well you were uh like i said team yeah, mvp yeah. this year so uh, yeah, yeah right, i think man. he made that transition yes he did yeah yeah yes he did harris you want to uh, go through um you're a, a local kid south mech same as Bo, right yep that's right. Uh, That's right. South Xavier School. Yeah, Colby Bruce is from there too. Oh yeah. Um, well, I guess mine's a little different. Um, I think I was a I was a redshirt freshman at Walter State when uh, I first started talking to Bo again. But I've known Bo since I was about ten years old. He used to give me hitting lessons uh, at on deck back in the day. So um, that's right. That connection's always been there. Um, but yeah, so. I just uh, – I really wanted to come back home to Charlotte, and um, it was a perfect uh, fit for me. I'm about 35 minutes from my actual – South. I'm from South Charlotte, so 
just hop on 485 and it's like 30 minutes down the road. And, um, I just really want to come back home and be, uh, in a more comfortable setting. And I love Bo Rob, uh, met Hibbs and, uh, liked him. I grew up playing, uh, tournaments actually at UNC Charlotte. So like I'd been around the field and campus a lot and, um, it just seemed like the perfect fit to come back home. Uh, well, appreciate you guys. Yeah, kind of a funny that. story with Yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, with, with uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, there you yeah, go. Go ahead, Bo. Am I losing it? Okay. Yeah, funny story about Yet. I, he used to uh, come to some hitting camps over at On Deck way back in the day when he was like nine or ten years old, and and he was like the only kid that would roll up with a towel. He would always come with a towel because obviously on deck would get a little bit hot, especially in the summer. But he would sweat. Like when he was nine and ten years old, he would sweat so much that because uh, he was in there working. I'm talking about a nine and ten year old who kind of knew exactly what he wanted to do. And he would come in there and just just rip balls and uh, to the back of the cage and just one after another. And then he'd go over there and grab his towel, wipe the sweat off. I didn't wear batting gloves back then. Man. I didn't rip balls again. <laughs> yeah i didn't yeah, win it was he, awesome so i knew when he was nine and ten years old he was going to be something special yeah. <laughs> uh, harris you remember the old point Blue game collar. you used to play all the time oh yeah the five points off the screen five exactly points to right. the back of the net three on the sides yeah. and then if you hit the top of the yep. net it was minus one that's right yeah that's Perfect right he was, he was sitting there and just round. just <laughs> he would he would get those uh perfect scores a lot of times at nine and ten years old so i knew he was going to be a special hitter uh before it was all said and done which he ended up being a really good player obviously so uh but it's pretty funny because that, that uh, history goes back a long time with him and his family yes it does all right, so who, who's got a who's got a bo rob story for us Oh Lord! No, all mine are making him mad. So, <laughs> nah, it's all right. It's all right. you know, I love you guys. You always have. Should we put a disclaimer out? <laughs> well, I, TJ yeah, probably so I got guess, the most. I got at least three of them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they all have to do with me showing some kind of attitude to Bo and and Bo giving it right back. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I can't. So, oh, I think, oh man. Easy one is sophomore year. I was not very good, and uh, you can ask anyone here, and they'll tell you the same thing. And we were uh, specifically, I remember doing front toss in the cages before the, before a game or before practice. And Bo tells me, "Hey, man, you're underneath everything." And I'm like, "Hey, man, you know, I know. Like, I'm hitting the top. I'm hitting the ball up in the top of the cage. I know I'm under everything. Like, that's that's. I, I think I think Helen Keller could have pointed that one out. And, and that's how I felt in my head. That's how I, that's how I felt in my head." And and I kind of the next one he threw me, I literally think I swung it like a uh, like an axe on a on a tree, like or uh, like I, <laughs> I I swung the bat straight down, so launch angle would not look good, and it hit probably right in front of the plate, <laughs> and Bo got so mad he he front tossed uh, the next one about ninety miles an hour, and I just walked out of the cage, <laughs> and I think that yep, same year that was we, a good we were taking. We were taking BP at Mar. It wasn't even at Marshall. First of all, it was in that weird field. I was at that weird summer ball field, and I yep. was again sophomore year, not very good. So if you, the uh, the consistent part of the story is a lot of frustration in TJ's life right now because first time not doing too well in, in baseball, 
And uh, we were hitting BP. And I think Bo was kind of, you know, giving me the under the breath kind of, you know, getting pissed at me a little bit. And and uh, I was in there swinging and I could just see him, you know, mad at me because I wasn't hitting the ball right. And I'm mad at myself because I ain't hitting the ball right. And the last thing I want to see is him being mad at me because I'm already mad at me. And he's just giving me, he's giving me that body language, uh-huh. like, like Jesus. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, I'm just, I'm just making everybody mad right now. I'm just going to walk out of the cage. So I'm like mid BT round. I just, <laughs> I just walked out of the cage and I think just sat behind a turtle and watched the rest. So uh, another one was on the defensive side, you know, working on the glove and Bo goes, Hey man, you, you're flipping your glove up in the air before you catch the ground ball. And I'm like, you know, whatever, like I'm catching it. Like, what, what, like what else you want me to do i'm catching it and he's you know telling me obviously like game speed that ain't gonna work you know when bo's hitting a, a fungo from 10 feet away on one knee obviously you got some time to do some do some extra stuff with your glove and i think i rolled my eyes at him and uh yeah i got a, i got a few choice words out of that one which <laughs> I, I definitely deserved them so but uh yeah man we're just just two blue collar guys going at it that's it <laughs> So those are those yeah. are my favorite bow stories. Well, was, well, with TJ, I tell you what, he he was one of those I always loved coaching because he 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 was. I mean, even Coach Hibbs talked about it uh, when he would come back from watching TJ out recruiting. It's like, Bo, you're going to absolutely love this kid. I'm just telling you, you're going to absolutely love this kid. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm telling you, every time he goes up the bat, it seems like he hits the ball hard. And if he doesn't, what he does, he goes back out in the field. At that point in time, he was playing infield, uh, playing shortstop and second base. So if he has a bad at bat, what he tries to do is throw the ball about 107 miles an hour across the infield. I go, he goes, Bo, I'm just telling you, every time he gets out, he hates it. And I'm like, well, I really like that kid. I, I like it. I can't wait to see him. So and I'll give you another story about TJ is, is so I finally get a chance to work with him. This is the first day of practice in the fall this freshman year. <laughs> And TJ, I know you remember this. Yeah. And he gets in the cage, and I've got a whole bunch of older guys in the cage. Next thing you know, TJ, this freshman rolls up, just just cocky as can be, which I absolutely love. And, and all my guys that I coach know that I want them to have a little bit of swagger about him. I'm like, well, this TJ kid, it sounds like he's got a lot of swagger and he's very confident in himself. And uh, I, we actually do a round of front toss, I think, or something like that, or he's hitting off the machine or something. Front and, toss uh, for sure. And he comes comes up to me after he goes, Coach, he goes, you know what? I, I I have never hit below 400 at any level I've ever played at, and I don't plan on hitting 400 here either. I'm like, okay. All right, this kid is super confident. I think he has no idea what he's about to get into here in Conference USA where he's going to see a dude that's about 90, 90 94 with an 82-mile-an-hour slider, but I was walked away from it, and I went and told Coach Hibbs, I was like, I really like this kid. He's got a lot of confidence, and he thinks he's really good. I said he's going to end up being a good player. So it was one of those funny stories where where TJ was he's he's one of my favorites to coach. We had our run ins at times, but it was always from love and he knew I cared about him and obviously I cared about him a lot. And uh but he was one of those guys, man. He was he was gonna do whatever it took to get to where he needed to and just hard nose. I mean, Pete Rose type player type guy. He just anything and everything that he did, he took a lot of pride in it. He wanted to be good. Well, I wanted to know how many stop signs at third base TJ ran through. Oh, we if we can just do a segment on TJ alone, it could probably go an hour and a half, two hours by itself. But I think uh, he ran through stop signs. Stole home. Definitely have green lights. Stole like, home. No matter what, and it was I think it was two, it was two or three times where he stole home, and it was like 
what in the hell are you doing? The next thing you know, he was safe. He's like, okay, good job, TJ. And then I think when he got into the dugout and saw Coach Hibbs, I think Coach Hibbs was kind of doing the same thing. He's like, what in the world? Nice job. Yeah, it's <laughs> like when he stole home was completely on him. That There was no sign, no nothing. It was TJ doing TJ things, I think is what you guys used to call That's it. Right. And uh, right. But I'll say this, man, he was always relentless. We, we – we talk about play fast, play hard, and fly around the field. Well, TJ definitely did that along with all the other guys. I mean, uh, I mean, all of them. And that's that's what made this group so good it was with Jared and Yeti and those guys. I mean, it's a good group. They all played the game hard and got after it. I mean, guys like TJ, you almost had to slow them down sometimes where a lot of other guys, you got to kick them in the butt and get going. But TJ was always high motor and always ready to go 100 miles an hour. Just had to slow them down from time to time. That's, that's a good <laughs> trait to have. To, to TJ's credit, that, that that hashtag that we started tweeting the games, TJ to, doing it was, TJ things. It, was, it, it, was it awesome. well to TJ's credit, <laughs> that hashtag, and I've told him this in person. I don't think we've said it on the show, but I've told him this. To TJ's credit, that that hashtag developed early in his career when we were going, what in the world is this guy doing? Because we didn't know what we it wasn't a lot of good stuff at the beginning. We didn't that ever right know what this guy was going to do. Good impact. Good impact. Kevin would go to get like a drink or something. We'd come back and we'd be out of the inning. And Kevin would say, what happened? I was like, TJ doing TJ things, man. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just being honest. But by the time he left at the end of the pros, TJ doing yeah. TJ things means awesome stuff. He that, completely that – was- that's right. He owned that. That's, he took that over. That was the beauty of it, man. No one remembers how bad it was freshman and sophomore year, but I started learning, yeah. kind of yeah. throttling it back a little bit and kind of figured out when it was the right time to do some TJ things and when not to. I had a lot of one-on-one conversations with Coach Hibbs in the dugout about how stupid some of the stuff I was doing was. I think the term was literally Little League BS. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I remember here now several times. Yeah. Uh, All right, Zach Harris, you guys got a bump up story? Uh, yeah, mine probably comes really early on. My first one comes really early on my freshman year, uh, whenever I was still in the infield. Um, I guess I was a bigger dude and had trouble really getting in my hips and sitting low. Um, so every time he'd say, what you think is low, play lower. And I was like, my legs are shaking, so I'm pretty sure I'm getting low. Um, I'd hear it three or four times within five minutes. And I think by the end of the fall, I got shifted to the outfield. Um, <laughs> which yeah, has been for the better. I realize Yeah, he came in as a third baseman. He came in as a third yeah. baseman out of high school and – and uh, shoot, me, me and Coach Hibbs talked, and Coach Hibbs had a great idea, man. He's, he's a great athlete. Let's let him go run around out there. He's a really good basketball player coming out of high school and just long and rangy body. And and we knew if we threw him out there in the outfit, he was going to pick up on it pretty quick because he's a good athlete and ended up being one heck of an outfitter. I mean, that outfit that we had with, uh, shoot, it was TJ at one point in time, Reese in center field, and Jared in left field. You talk about probably the – I'm biased. I thought it was the best defensive outfield in the country at the time because all three of them could run and all three of them got good reads off the bat. And uh, they all they all worked really well together. So, uh, yeah, I do remember that. I was trying to get that 6'3", 6'4", uh, body, trying to get a little bit lower on those ground balls. And next thing you know, Coach Chip said, you know what, let's let him go run around and swing the bat and hammer the fastballs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> worked out for the better. Um, but I think my other yeah, one – Yeah, definitely did. My other one comes from our senior year. We had – a 
we had an older group of guys and I guess we always had our uh, meeting with Bo before the game uh, in the outfield talking about pitcher that was coming up and whatnot. And <laughs> I mean, there, there would be games that it would not even be close to what the scouting report was. And we'd come to him like, dude, where are y'all getting this? Like this, this dude was 95 <laughs> and it said he was going to be 88 to 90. Like he was running everything in our hands. <laughs> Yeah, and you so know what? Did. That was actually pretty, that was pre-synergy. We had to rely on other teams to yeah. scatter report because we didn't have the I, center I, right uh, scatter report. I, I think so Bo, I think Bo put that Bo put that scouting report straight in his back pocket and said, yeah, "You know what? Just go just, up there and hit." He's like, "Just trust it," and he just put it in his back pocket. He's like, "I don't think we're gonna look at these anymore." And he's like, "I trust you guys, and let's go." Um, but I think that that yeah. showed a lot of uh, how he trusted us, and we trusted him just on um, sort of with that group of guys we had that year. Yeah, we have a thing now, which has been part of the, I guess, some of the stuff that we have. It's been awesome. We've had it now for, for two years now. Um, obviously, you guys had already left. But we have a thing called Synergy, where we're able to do scouting reports on other teams. Uh, it's been awesome. I mean, it, it really is. You can see how pitchers want to throw, and you get percentages on how many how many fastballs he throws and how many all-speed pitches he throws. Well, back then, I mean, which I keep saying, like, that's a long time ago, what, three or four years ago, we were relying – heavily on other people's scouting reports because you can't really see the games on TV. And a lot of the Conference USA TV networks weren't real good uh, streaming uh, to see. So you had to basically get something from NC State or Wake Forest or, or somebody else that can help you with the scouting report. And some of those things ended up being like way off. So like, you know what? See ball, hit ball. I know Coach Ibs used to talk about that all the time. But I'll say this, it's been outstanding, the stuff that we have now with Synergy because we can do our own scouting reports and actually have real data um into what the other teams are doing so yeah that that was pretty funny back then <clears throat> all right harris you're up let's hear yeah, about I'm sure you got a couple good stories uh, i know one in biloxi harris oh remember yeah okay yeah i remember forgot that about one? that all right so um, <laughs> i think we need to hear that one then uh, yeah biloxi, okay so y'all know it's hot as hot as it, hell down there thousand degrees and so I cram I sweat a lot already. That's been brought up on the show. <laughs> so, um, Breaking news. Losing a ton of fluids. Like it's it's probably ninety degrees, but the humidity is a hundred percent. So um we uh we played in the morning and well, I was getting the IV after a lot of the games because I would come out of the games just cramping. <laughs> I was I, I was burning like a dog down there. But um we had like a double header and um I think we had like two hours in between the game or something. And um, I went to get an IV before the second game because I, I had just caught the morning game. I thought I was going to catch again. So I was like, all right, I need, I need to get this, be fresh, ready to go. But um, the IV ended up taking like an hour. And so I showed up to the field, like missed BP, um, showed up just for like right in time to throw. And Hibbs uh, came up to me and said, you know your DH ended it right now, right? And I was like, I thought I was catching. So, uh, Bo Rob was uh, not too happy about that. He just gave me that look. He was like, where, where you been? <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we made it through that. Uh, that was funny. How'd you do that game? I think I got, like, one knock. <laughs> but the first two ABs, I did not get a hit. And that was not good. I need to start off hot. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember Harris, that. That, Harris, was, that gonna, was pretty comical. Harris, I'm gonna tell you a story that, that you haven't heard before. I got a I got a Harris Yet story. Oh yeah? 
Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're sitting in the stands and, and we're tweeting updates about the game and, you know, we try to tag you guys in them when we, when we can. And, um, you know, you would, you would come up to bat. I don't remember the opponent, Kevin, you may, I, I don't, I don't remember the opponent, but you would, you would come up to the plate and you had done something, you know, you probably ripped like a two RBI double or something, you know, one of those Harris yet kind of things and uh, tweeted about it. Right. And we're sitting there and all of a sudden I, I look at my phone and I've got a notification and there's a like on that tweet <laughs> and it's, it's from Harris yet. <laughs> and by this time we're, we're in the, you know, we're in the next half of the inning and you're, you're squatted down behind the plate catching. Right. And and you're liking tweets that you're tagging. <laughs> Kevin. Oh, I didn't Kevin, know about that. Kevin, what? How is he doing that? He's he goes. Well, I don't know. Look in his back pocket because he got his phone down there, or maybe it's in his mitt. I said, well, if it's in his mitt, it's not going to last very long. And so we're like, what in the world? How is this even possible? So I mentioned it. I mentioned it to your to your mom and dad. Right. And I guess from way back when, when you were, when you were younger, you know, you, with, when I got a 14 year old, you have to monitor social media accounts and all that kind of stuff. I guess your mom had access to your, to your Twitter account. And, you know, sometimes if you like, if you just touch on something, touch on a notification, it, it'll take you from one account to the next and you really won't realize it. Like right. every once in a while, I tweet something from my personal account that, that I really meant to be from the, the Diamond Niner fans account or something like that. Well, <clears throat> it was your mom. Your mom was over there liking, liking tweets <laughs> from your account. She's trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might be hurt or something in the dugout, but uh, you came back out and, and you're pitching, so. No, I'm pretty sure if uh, Bo Rob caught me on the phone in the dugout. Um, yeah, yeah. Would it wouldn't have been real good. <laughs> uh, we couldn't figure it out. We were like, how, how is he? I mean, I'm looking at him. He's, he's, behind, he's, he's behind the plate, but he's liking tweets. How's he doing this? It was your mom. I'm in multiple places at once. What can I say? <laughs> your secretary doing um, Well, let's, uh, let's go. You guys. All played on 2017. I thought the 2017 team was one of the one of the best I've seen play. Uh, top four, uh, the, the 98 team, the 2017 team, and the 2011 team were probably the best teams that I've seen in 49ers uh, play. Um, take me through uh, your most memorable moment uh, from for either that season or memorable moment from being a 49er. Uh, Zach, you want to go first? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's hard for me to sort of pick out just one moment of that. Uh, that whole year sort of seemed um, just uh, obviously it flew by, but um, it was it was unreal. Uh, we were able to compile a bunch of great guys. I mean, we had Jackson Mims, Harris came in. Uh, we had Logan, Brett, me, TJ. Um, we just had a good group of guys, and uh, I think we had sort of taken our licks the first couple of years um, to sort of build up for that year. And for the years that came after us, um, but I'm trying to think of there were some there were some memorable weekends where we needed to win some games. One that's coming to mind was Western Kentucky, uh, where we sort of <laughs> snuck away with two wins and ended up sweeping uh, that weekend um, on a couple of lucky calls that we that. got. No, they weren't. Um, but yeah, man, that that entire year was incredible. I think we sort of got snubbed there for regional. Um, I will always stand by that. Uh, 
I think we had proven ourselves. Yes, I agree. Um, to be able to play um, against top teams and uh, make a trip and sort of ruin somebody's somebody's weekend. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bluxy, Bluxy was awesome. Being able to have that experience with the guys and uh, play that well and give ourselves a chance uh, was incredible. Uh, just just a, a year of full, full of memories. Yeah, seven guys drafted on that team. Um, Harris, the most recent. So, um, uh, and we're going to talk to uh, for next week. We're going to talk to Brett and uh, Reese next week. Awesome. We've got uh, Josh and uh, Colton uh, lined up for the week following that. So, uh, we're going to try to touch base with all you guys, Pro Niners, and um, just uh, heads up to everybody listening. Uh, sorry to cut you off, TJ. You, you were getting ready to give your no you're good zach Zach is uh so like we were going back with those bow stories and me being a little outspoken maybe or whatever but zach's too humble a few a few of the moments that i can remember from senior year specifically with zach uh was the home run at nc state that i think our rpi jumped after that game 100 points um the other one was a three home run game at uab and that was definitely something to watch i don't care what level it is it could be t-ball little league if a player hits three home runs in one game it's crazy to see that and and when they were home runs they were not hit softly none of them were 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 cheated (laughs) uh and then another one that we always talk about was zach that i always remember and i'll actually still watch it to this day every once in a while just to kind of go back down memory lane is if you if you watch the broadcast for the the first southern miss game in the conference tournament which i hate bringing it up because we blew it but we, we had Zach in the leadoff spot at the uh toward the end of the season and basically Bo's message was to him you're not a normal leadoff hitter if they throw a fastball right down the middle I want you to hammer that ball and I think Zach hit two or three leadoff homers toward the end of the season but the one specifically was in that big regional game and misses in in uh Ole Miss's back or not Ole Miss uh the Southern Miss. No, uh, Southern Miss's Southern backyard. Miss. We're in Southern Miss's backyard, and, and Zach comes in, and they got all their fans, and we're in there. Like we said, we're just some dogs out there, and the announcers are still talking about the weather, and, hey, we're here in Biloxi. It's 60 degrees, and Zach Jarrett's leading it off, and boom, he, like, hits a ball, and the, the announcers have no clue what's even going. It's first pitch of the game. Probably a 420-foot shot to left center in Biloxi to start the game, and there wasn't a single peep out of the Southern Miss faithful, and that was the greatest <laughs> thing ever because they would never yeah. shut up. And yeah. and we went right in their backyard and shut them up, and Zach personally, single-handedly shut them up with one swing, first pitch of the game, and that was like, here we are, boys. Like, let's get it going. But, you know, other memories, man, there, there are so many of – Stealing home and, and Bo being fired up. I remember him being in the dugout yelling at me in right field, like saying some some things I can't say on here, but that a boy was along those lines. Uh, <laughs> God, I, there is there is so many. I think West Virginia was one of the cool ones too, kind of going along with that story about we're here to stay was, you know, when we were playing West Virginia open a weekend and I think we had, what, three sellouts that weekend. Um, and, and West Virginia was supposed to be, I, I can't remember what conference are in the Big 12 or, whatever they were supposed to be the, the top dogs in that conference and they were good the previous year and you know they had a, a Cape Cod all-star on Friday night and went in there and you know beat his you know and then Saturday they had another guy that was supposed to be pretty good and I think we lit we lit them up on Saturday 
Uh, and, and it was just kind of like those first two games, man, that we weren't really supposed to be, you know, much kind of the quiet Charlotte, maybe mid-major or something, you know, along those lines. And we came out and stomped them on Friday and Saturday and, and a sellout crowd. And that was like the moment that we were like, all right, boys, like it's time to go. And I mean, that whole season was was fantastic. And it was it was a blast all the way up until the end, obviously. Uh, but man, it's just to share that group. And like Zach said, I think I think the coolest, the biggest thing we bonded over with not only Bo and Hibbs and the staff uh, and not only friends that were there, but, you know, we, we, we bonded over freshman year for for my class because we God, we went 0 and 11, I think, to start conference play. Won 19 games back-to-back years. Yeah. You know, we were really bad. And, and you know, the coaches stuck with it, didn't give up on anything, kind of saw the uh, the deeper plan. And, man, senior year was honestly like it was a movie, man. It was just – it was a blast to be a part of it. And, man, we still we still have all the conversations about everything. And I think a few injuries, a few departures from the program kind of hurt us a little bit. But, man, all in all, man, it was it was a blast that year. Yeah, that was a fun season, and like you said, when you guys were freshmen, you guys got kind of got thrown into it. Uh, I think we had a lot of seniors in the 13th seat team, um, had a lot of holes to fill, and you guys got thrown in the mix, and uh, it paid off. It paid off in that season. As the later you guys got in your career, um, you guys got better every year, and uh, like I said, it was one of the one of the better 49er teams I've seen. Um, and, uh, you, you were on the bubble for a regional, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. We got, we kind of got. Uh, we should have been in. We should have been in. Yeah. I agree. But um, well, that, was, that was a yeah, it was a fun team to watch. I know Coach Hibbs. Um, I know that uh, when we we I obviously left the Atlantic Ten and went straight into Conference USA. I know that was part of his master plan. Is he one of these guys, the, the Jarrett's of the world, and and TJs and the Logan Shears and <clears throat> and the Brett Netters and all those guys. He wanted to throw them all in the fire. I mean, he, he did right off the get-go so they can they can learn the game quickly. I mean, you're talking about starting four or five freshmen in our first year of Conference USA coming out of the Atlantic 10. I mean, he he saw the saw the vision for the long term. And um, and obviously all that time that, that we stuck with those guys, let them kind of work through some tough times. Uh, uh, I mean, heck, they all had refreshment. A little streak there where they got to – make the adjustments back to what the, the players are doing to them. Um, and that's part of the process. But uh, that 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 was an older team. They've been through the trenches before with each other. And you could just tell that I think West Virginia was opening weekend. And we kind of knew that we had a chance to be really good that year because we were older. And you guys obviously busted your tails for, for several years to get to that point. And we knew we had a chance to do something special that year. It might have been one piece short or one injury short that year where we lost a couple tough games that we shouldn't have lost. Um, but uh, I know that was that was a really good group and, and special group because they went through uh, a lot of things that, that uh, kind of adversity that, that got them to a place where um, they came out of it and, and came out on top of it. Um, so proud of those guys for the Harris. Harris was a part of that too as well. That was his first year here, if I'm not mistaken, right, Harris? And you're yeah, kind of the anchor behind the plate for, for those the pitchers? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I think those pitchers, you did a great job with those pitchers that year. I think they're second, second or third in the league in pitching that year, I think, is what we were. So, and then you were a big part of that that process and, and um, obviously controlling the game and whatnot. 
Right. <clears throat> the game that stands out to me that year uh, was definitely that first game against Southern Miss and Biloxi when you started off, Zach, you hit that bomb. But uh, Jonah Patton got the start that day, and they were chirping him the whole that's game. Right. And that's he was right. screaming back at him after. That's, right. after that's, that's a bad idea. Yeah, don't don't yeah. chirp at Jonah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so fun to catch that day, and it was so hot. Yeah. That was wild, but uh, yeah. say the next year, my most memorable games had to be uh, taken <laughs> down on that midweek. Um, I think they were number four in the country at that point. That was yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, um, they were they weren't too happy about that that loss either going through the yeah, lunch. Um, yeah, that was crazy. But uh, and then in Biloxi, when uh, Tommy Bullock hit that walk off against Southern Miss. Uh, that was that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, wearing a 49ers uniform, for sure. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, I still owe Kevin a coffee table <laughs> over that one. I think I, <laughs> I think I I just remembered that Kevin. I we were watching a game at, at Kevin's, and I, I I think I broke the coffee table, so I, I probably still owe you one. Oh yeah, well, they brought in their stud closer that year, uh, Matt Warner. He's a big guy yeah. from '94, '95, and Tommy just comes in and squares up a squares up a heater, and I, it was it felt like it was in slow motion when he hit that ball too. It was crazy. Um, Left fielder didn't I even remember move. watching. Didn't it. Even yeah, I was watching yeah. it. I was watching that. I think uh, God was that it. When was that? That was in the conference tournament. I think I was watching that wherever I was playing baseball. So yeah, I was fired up. Yeah, we were at Biloxi. Yeah. When when the when the when the ball when there's the crack of the bat when the left fielder starts walking towards the dugout, you know, on on the on contact, you know it's good. Oh, I yeah. mean that's that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Tommy swung the bat, bat went crack, and the left fielder just started walking in. And yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, Harris, uh, yeah. Those Arkansas fans, they're still mad about that game. Uh, yeah, I bet. They, they, they were chirping uh, this past week on, on Twitter about that. But, uh, were they really? Well, yeah. They, <laughs> but it's all good. Uh, we, we got that one. So, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys sharing some, some, some 49er memories. Um, uh, got a, a few more questions. I think we're, we're over our time limit. If, if you guys are all right, you want to continue a little bit? Oh yeah, all right. What else yeah. are we doing? It's yeah. quarantine season. <laughs> <laughs> you don't all have places to be. Uh, oh wait, I guess I'm good. Uh, yeah. TJ, you got some uh, time in the Arizona Fall League uh, this past fall. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, how, how did you get the call to that, and uh, how was that experience for you? <laughs> yeah, man, that was uh, end of the season happens, and you know uh, the past couple of years I've been an instruct. So I, I was, I knew that I, we had gotten word that we weren't having instruct. So I was fully anticipating a off season. Uh, you know, so I was about three weeks into my off season at the, uh, gosh, I can't remember what football game was, Zach. What was that game, Zach? I can't remember. Was it, I don't know if it was homecoming or what it was. I thought, I thought it, I think it was homecoming. It was definitely yeah. homecoming. And I was just sitting there in the crowd and, I got a call from our minor league director and he was like, Hey man, like spot opened up for the, uh, for the fall league. You know, they had Austin Hayes going who ended up being a call up in September for the Orioles and they felt good about what he had done. So they didn't really uh, feel the need to send him out there. So a spot kind of opened up and, you know, that was a Saturday football game. And 
Sunday I had called the, uh, our minor league uh, coordinator back to uh, kind of figure out the logistics on when to leave. And, you know, as soon as he offered or had that offer out on the table, I wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, I didn't even hesitate to say anything but yes. And uh, Saturday got the call, Sunday figured out logistics. And Monday I was in Arizona and that's the furthest West I've ever been. And, you know, I went out there and you know, I was a little worried about the fact that I had been sitting around. I remember calling Bo right after I got that call that I was going out there. I called <laughs> Bo panicked. Like, I'm like, Bo, man, like I'm at a football game right now, you know, I'm like having fun with the guys and I got to worry about playing baseball in a couple of days. Like, and I'm going to go out there and play against top notch talent. And I've been sitting on my butt for three weeks and we all know how it is with, Really anything you don't do for three weeks you ain't going to be very good at it so uh you know I went down there kind of limited myself on expectations kind of you know like wanted to go out there work hard and try to get back into the swing of things uh as, as quick as I could and you know I got limited playing time but you know the first my first I think eight at bats I was over eight but I think I had like one strikeout so I was kind of happy about that I know I'm not happy when I get out but considering the circumstances you know I went in there my first eight at bats I was competitive and that was what I was looking to do. And I was looking to play some defense. I had a couple outfield assists out there. And, you know, I actually remember the first time I got out on defense, the Arizona sun is just a little bit different. And I had never been out there. And I think Bo's might have, I think Bo's been a spring training out there. So he might be able to attest a little bit to the, the Arizona high sky. And they're in a the cloud out there. Oh, yeah. First fly ball hits me. <laughs> I, I had it, got to the track, was right under it. And I'm telling you the last 10 feet that that ball was coming to me, it went right into the sun and, I couldn't do anything about it and just kind of put my arm up and looked like a statue and the ball just drilled, you know, like right next to me on the warning track and one hopped. I threw it in and guy got a free double. But, you know, like I said, I went 0 for 8 to start the, my campaign in the fall league. And I, I wasn't too worried about it. I knew people understood kind of the situation, especially with the Orioles staff. But I wanted to do my best because that's a big that's a big time, you know, spot to get scouted by a lot of other people, not just the Orioles, really. You know, and sometimes that's kind of how it is. But uh, – you know, I went out there and the last couple of games we had made the championship game. So I was kind of just a reserve for the most part, you know, during those last like three weeks that I was there. And But the last two games, we knew we were in the championship game. So we were like saving some of the guys that were playing pretty regularly. So our coach like asked me, he was like, hey, man, like you want to pinch hit? And I'm like, you know, like I'm not going to beg you for it. But like, yeah, like if you want to go ahead and let me hit, like I'm not going to say no to that. You know, and I'm hitting like I think a buck 20 at that point, And I'm like. I go in there, guy gets me, I hit a missile up the middle, and then I hit a blooper, I get another bat that game, hit a blooper, and I'm like two for two, and I'm like, oh, man, batting average goes up to like 240, and I'm like, dang, man, I just I just figured this stuff out. But uh, then the next day, same thing happens, I get two at-bats, I got one hit, and I end up leaving Arizona hitting 270 and had a couple outfield assists out there and felt pretty confident, felt pretty good about what I did in the three weeks that I had you know, to, to go out there and play against that competition. But that was definitely one of the cooler experiences I think I've ever had playing baseball was being able to go out there and and play in, in, in that atmosphere with all those prospect guys because I've never really been one of those guys, you know, on paper, I think, a lot of the time. But it was uh, definitely an interesting process, and there's a lot of great talent out there. And it really opens your eyes, though, too, to the fact that, you know, I think Harris might be able to attest to this a little bit. I know Zach can speak on it even – Playing in the, playing with those those prospects or playing in those big league games, you kind of realize that those guys, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking any credit for them, but they're not really any better, in my opinion, than I am. It's just a matter of being able to do it Monday through Sunday, you know, not doing it three times a week. 
it's about doing it five to seven times a week. And, and really when you get those opportunities, I feel like you, you really opens your eyes that you're really not that far off from kind of the end goal. And obviously that's, you know, playing in the big leagues. And that's, uh, I think sometimes those experiences, whether you play well or not, really set you up to kind of feed you about, feed you the fire to kind of keep going and kind of realize how close you are and really, you know, that you're not that far off talent wise. And, I think that's what's important for a lot of players that are developing is that those struggles, man, are when you get better. And and those players out there, man, like you watch them, everything looks a lot better on TV. But, man, those guys aren't any better than I know me. I know Zach and Harris. Man, like those guys, I, I would honestly say there's – the talent's just not that – it's not that different. It's just the level that they do it at and the, and the consistency that they do it at. So it's it, it was great being out there and – you know, like you said, I think sometimes too, I think it looks really cool for Charlotte to be able to put some things out there like that. Cause I think it gives guys that might've been like me in high school that weren't heavily recruited. You know, I got recruited locally, but I wasn't anything, you know, big on the radar. There wasn't any SEC schools. And I think it's important for people to see that, you know, you can go to a school that you might not look pretty or look like the greatest SEC team of all time. And you can, you can make it pretty far as long as you're willing to work and you got coaches like Bo and, and coach Hibbs and, and all those guys, you know, that genuinely want to help you out and you're not just a, uh, a transaction maybe in their, in their wallet, you know, and I think that's, what's important about all that. I know I'm kind of, kind of rambling on a little bit, but just, you know, just kind of letting you know what going to Charlotte, man, getting those guys that, that believe in you is important and all that stuff pays off in the end with, you know, getting invited to the fall league. And I do my best to kind of let everyone know kind of who's, uh, who's responsible for that. So. Yeah, you did it in a big way too. And, and last year uh, you wore the uh, number 49 uh, last season. Yes. That, that was, that was really funny. I was in spring training and they came out with our teams and, our uh, our clubhouse manager came up to me and was like, "Hey man, what number you want to what number you want to be?" And I'm like, you know, like my favorite number is 13. So I was like, "You got 13?" I'm like, no, taken. 25's always been like a family number. So I was like, "Oh, 25." He's like, "No, like, we don't have that either." He's like, "We got this number, this number, this number, 49." And I was like, "Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'll go ahead and take 49. That's that's about right, you know." So it's it's pretty funny that they even had a 49. I feel like for a jersey number, but welcome to the minor leagues, I guess. Right. Usually, pitch, usually yeah. pitchers, but uh, that's right. Look good in it. Yes. So. Zach, uh, your first two full seasons in minor league ball, uh, you've made all star teams uh, during all star game. And once the first one was in Greensboro uh, when you were at Delmarva uh, last year, you you were uh, part of the home team in Frederick, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Go through uh, some of that. Uh, what it meant to you to. to be selected for an all two all-star games and uh, the experience playing in those games. Yeah, man, it, it was, it was a great experience. Um, I mean, coming in, coming in, you got a lot of prospects and great players that you're going up against uh, day and night. Um, but um, yeah, I was having to travel for the first one was a little different. Um, we sort of, I think we traveled in a van from, we were at West Virginia for our last series and we traveled with some of the West Virginia players in a tiny van with all of our gear and travel gear and whatnot um, down to Greens down to Greensboro. And uh, so that was that was a little bit different, but that was fun uh, to be home. And uh, my family got to come and uh, be around and uh, had some friends that showed up. So that was cool. And then last year it was in Frederick, which was nice. We didn't have to 
go to a hotel or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, just, just, it was, it was really surreal, um, being able to see that the hard work, um, from the all season and, um, just spring training, it paid off and, uh, through a grind of half the year, um, it's just an honor to be able to, uh, be selected for any of those, uh, types of events and whatnot. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Harris, uh, last year you've got, uh, you went through a full college season, then you get drafted, then you have to go through a, uh, you go down to the Gulf Coast League for a couple months. Uh, talk about that experience for us for a little bit. And uh, um, eventually you got called up, you got called up a little bit to, uh, I think it was Delmarva and Aberdeen. Right, right. Um, yeah, so uh, we had just finished up our college season. Um, it was my fifth year, senior year. I remember. Um, it was day three of the draft and actually like all the rounds are going by and um, Bo Rob actually called me up and I was uh, hitting baseballs with Bo Rob uh, at the indoor and uh, I finally got the call or whatever. And uh, so I knew right off the bat, uh, basically uh, what it was Rich Morales. He called me and said, you're going to have to go, uh, go play rookie ball in the GCL or do you want to do that? And um, I said, sign me up. So I knew what I was getting into. Um but yeah, so uh, I went into it kind of open-minded, but uh, it was definitely a grind. Um, every every morning, you wake up at six thirty uh, at the La Quinta, you get bust over, uh, you get a little breakfast in you, and then you have basically like a full two-hour practice. But then you have thirty minutes of downtime. But then the actual game starts. So, and every game was at uh, twelve o'clock noon in the middle of the day in Sarasota, Florida, or Bradenton, and. It is it is hot and um but uh it was fun um it was a good experience and uh yeah by the end of it um uh, I think we uh we were actually the best team in the GCF that, uh, that summer uh, we had a lot of college guys so um we were first seed going into the playoffs but then a hurricane came and they canceled the playoffs so um we were getting sent home and then um I had a meeting with the manager and it was about me and three other guys and they're saying, Hey, y'all are going up uh, to Aberdeen to short season and uh, you're going to play up there for a little bit. So um, we got flown straight to Aberdeen and that was cool. I was there for about a week or two weeks. I got uh, two games and I DH one and I caught the very last game of the season and I did well. And here we go again. Everybody's packing up their stuff again. And then I had a meeting with the manager again. He said, Hey, you're going to Delmarva. So it was, it was pretty crazy last couple of weeks of the season there. Um, just kind of getting shipped off to all these different places, but it was cool. Um, I got to be with Delmarva for uh, their first playoff um, series or whatever. And it was pretty cool. Just watching the baseball. I didn't uh, get in at Delmarva, but um, they were playing the Hickory Crawdads, I think. And the first game, the Crawdads didn't have a guy throwing under 98 the whole entire game. And I was just sitting on, in the dugout just like, wow. <laughs> uh, it was pretty cool. It was eye-opening. But, uh, yeah, it was a good first year for me, I think. so. Yeah, it was a long grind. Uh, one thing – Go ahead, Bo. One thing I'd like to add for, for, for all three all three of those guys, man, we – uh, is we got to give a lot of credit to Rich Morales. He, he's the Orioles scout that that signed all three of these guys, and and he saw something in all three of them that that I know Lauren and I saw, and and Dodie and all the guys that 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 he believed in them, and he's he obviously uh, 
loves our program. He's he's still out here scouting our guys that are on the current team now as well. Um, but uh, heck, I think he got scout of the year after after that year because he got a couple late round guys that that really did well. Um, and I tell uh, all of our players that do get drafted, no matter what round that you go in, now you're in, you got your foot in the door, anything can happen. And uh, a lot of credit goes to Rich Morales on taking a chance on these guys and giving them the opportunity because I know uh, from experience that these guys are going to bust their tails and do, do the right thing and, and, and give them everything that they got. Uh, but Rich, Rich is the one that took a chance on them, and, and they've, they've done nothing but good things since they've been in that organization. Hopefully they can get all the way to the promised land and up at the top uh, in Baltimore. So Harris, we uh, were uh, just deserves a lot of credit to these guys and, and giving them the opportunity. Yeah, we were, you know, the, the, the info to get any info coming out of the GCL, you know, you just kind of, kind of, it's hit or miss, but right. we were tracking ads as you, as you were playing. And um, there was, there was apparently some other Orioles catching prospect down there that, that, the organization and a lot of the beat writers were excited about uh, not the guy we were following, but anyway, uh, so there was a lot of, of, of tweets coming out about, Oh, you should have seen, you know, the fly ball that was hit by, you know, this guy. Um, but then we were tweeting things like, Hey, check it out. Orioles pro Orioles catching prospect goes two for three with two RBI, but it was you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <So> <laughs> we were having fun with that. We we're like, "Yo, yeah, there's a big time catching prospect down there for the Orioles. He went two for three today. Drove in a couple of runs. His name's <laughs> Harris. Yet, got to check him out. <laughs> That's taking nothing away from the other guy. Oh no, yeah, certainly not. <laughs> um, Zach, I was gonna, <clears throat> I, I was gonna tell you a story you probably hadn't heard. Um. When, when we when we watch your games on um, you know through MLB TV particularly on the road um, you know your home announcers are so you know familiar with you but but when you guys go on the road and we, we listen to whoever you know is talking about you and and of course we're, we're used to it from from the college you know, college days that of course you know it's it's not you know if it's the second inning and they haven't brought up your your famous family and then you know you know something this so they're, they're always talking about, you know, ooh, did you know? Do you know who this guy's related to? And we're always like, you know, it's like, okay, tell the story. Go ahead. So, you know, which it was so cool getting to, you know, your your whole family was was out at the at the ballpark your whole career. So that was so cool. And we still run into them on the road sometimes when we come to see you. But I was gonna tell you one time, there was there was one instance where where at least your dad was was in the back seat. Um, my daughter, uh, I took her out to the speedway in, uh, for the October race. Um, I had a, I had a hot pass to get her in the, in the garage. And, uh, this was her first time going in the garage area. And since it was the October race, your dad was, was working for, for NBC. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think he was about to take their, the NBC, uh, car out and do the, the test run that they do that they show before the race on Sunday. So your dad was in the NBC fire suit and he's come walking through the garage and, and, you know, the NASCAR garage, you know, from growing up down there, everybody's down there, you know, sightseeing and looking to see oh, yeah. who they can see and autograph and all that stuff. Well, <clears throat> I know, I know your dad's coming because I start hearing the whispers. It's Dale Jarrett. Hey, 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 it's you know, and, and it's coming and, and all of a sudden my daughter Maddie is, is tugging my arm and, and she says, dad, dad, look, 
and I'm just waiting for it. And then she goes, it's Zach's dad. Oh my gosh. What's he doing here? That's good. She, well, you know, she, she wasn't that your, your dad's career and certainly yeah. your granddad's career happened well before oh, yeah. she was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the next time I saw him at the game, I told him that I was like, you know, at that whole speedway, that whole speedway to one person, you were just Zach's dad. <laughs> he said, you know what? I'll take that. He's like, that's, that's oh, actually yeah. a good thing. That's good. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't mind that. I don't think now <laughs> it's a funny story. Oh no. So he was at, at least that, at least that one day he was, he was in the back seat, even at Charlotte motor speedway. He yeah. was, he was Zach's dad. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> You're ready to start wrapping this up, Nick? I think we could go on forever if we if we wanted to. But, yeah, uh, we've got those guys an hour and a half. And Let's, uh, guys, come on, hour and a half. You you guys have been <laughs> awesome. Let's go around the room real quick. And, uh, one one final word from everybody. If you want to uh, say something to Niner Nation, or uh, the floor is yours to go ahead. Uh, TJ, you want to start? Yeah. Uh, no, man. I appreciate you guys uh, having us together, man. I love seeing these guys uh like i said you know 17 all the seasons we spent together was was uh was awesome and and truly special and not a better day to do this on uh on on a four nine so uh yeah, right. man, i just right. really uh i really appreciate you guys having me out here and i'm just glad that you guys are trying your best to uh pump out some info to niner nation and anyone's listening you know with uh with everything going on and it's been uh it's been absolutely a blast talking about all this and this is a regular conversation with the Bo stories, the Hibs stories, you know, whatever other stories we got that happened regularly uh, amongst my friend group at least. And it's uh it's it's nice to get it out there and let other people hear about it a little bit, the people that care about it. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. We could we like I said, we could do this all day if we wanted to, but uh I think Brad might be running out of recording room for for this episode but uh, <laughs> um, we're getting there Zach, you want to go ahead and uh say a final word yeah uh i just want to thank you guys uh so this was awesome to be able to talk about the memories and whatnot and it's great to have fans like y'all that are uh so invested and uh still want to catch up with us old timers um yeah <laughs> uh, every year we were there it was a blast and uh still being lucky enough to go back and catch some games and see all the new kids that are coming in, all the new players that are uh, going to make a name for themselves and going to support and uh, represent Charlotte very well. Um, they're, they're in good hands with Bo and everybody over there. Um, but, yeah, thank you all. It, it's been a blast today. We appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Pleasure's ours. Harris, uh, any final words? Yeah, just uh, thank you guys again for having us all on here. Um, this has been awesome. Um, just seeing everybody, seeing what everybody's up to. Um, happy four nine day go Niners, and uh, we will be back playing baseball soon. It's just a matter of time. So, um, yes, ready to get back. And uh, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. All right, Bo, you got the last word here from uh, from our pro Niners. Yeah, here. man. I, well, I, pr- I appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime I can, I can get a chance to talk about the program, especially our alumni and whatnot, it's always special. I mean, uh, these, these three guys that we have on today, and I, obviously we got a couple on next week too as well, 
I mean, uh, shoot, man, I, I'm proud as heck of them. It's almost like a proud dad. I know Coach Hibbs is super proud of these guys uh, as well, and how they're how they're representing themselves in professional baseball, and how they're how they're um, how they're doing at that level. Um, they're all self-made players, man. They all came into a program. They believed in us. They believed in what we were trying to do, and and um, I'm just I'm super happy for them because I saw what what they put into the game, uh, how hard they worked, um, and they put their blood, sweat, and tears. And they really, really cared about our program and what it meant to be a Niner. And for that, I'm, I'm forever grateful. And I know Coach Hibbs is as well. Um, but we're excited that they're part of uh, our family. And we wish nothing but the best for those guys as they keep trying to move up the ladder to get to their dreams of playing in the big leagues. And, and, uh, and I'm also excited about the, the team that we have. Uh, obviously, now that the season has been canceled this upcoming year, when we got a chance to have a pretty good club on paper. I mean, we, we look super talented and, and uh, hopefully we can give Niner Nation what they want and that's try to win the league and, and win conference tournaments and get, get to regionals and super regionals and hopefully Omaha, which is always going to be the goal. And uh, just appreciate all the fan support. Appreciate what you guys do. I mean, I'm telling you, I know you guys spend a lot of time doing stuff like this and probably don't get anything out of it other than just the enjoyment of being a part of Niner Nation. I just appreciate what you guys have done for our student athletes, our, our school, our program, and then getting the word out there. Um, I know a lot of recruits are probably listening to stuff like this too as well. And I just appreciate all y'all's hard work and then commitment to our program. So, um, but enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. And, and uh, go Niners. All right. <clears throat> Guys, I got to tell you, I, I don't think that I have missed baseball season as much as I miss it right now. Just, just this whole hour and a half that we spent together going these old these old stories and everything and I mean I mean I missed it before don't 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 get me don't get me wrong I mean I've been bummed ever since you know the season got got scrubbed but uh, just sitting here with you guys doing this whole thing has just brought it all back and man I, I I'm missing it real bad right now Kevin real bad yeah you're not alone man you're not alone I think a lot of us we all are that's for sure. <laughs> All right, guys. So Kevin, Kevin uh, mentioned this earlier. Uh, we do have. We're going to keep this thing going for you guys. We're we're committed to go through. Uh, I think I think we're looking to go through at least. Uh, what was that date, Kevin? Like May fourteenth or something like that. That would have been like the last Thursday of the the regular season. So we're going to keep it going for you guys. Um, we've got uh, Brett Netzer of, of the Red Sox and uh, um, Reese Hampton of the Tigers coming in next week. And then we're going to keep with the uh, with the AL East and bring in uh, Josh Machievsky and uh, Colton Laws in the week week after that. So we're just going to keep try to keep this content coming for you guys. Appreciate y'all um, y'all tuning in. Um, happy four nine day, everybody. Um, you can find us on social media. You know where to find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we'll get this podcasted for you, and you'll be able to get it everywhere you find your podcast. Whether you know, no matter what platform you're on you'll be able to, to check this out and listen back to it. Guys, thank you again. This has been so awesome. Um, one, of, one of my favorite shows that we've ever done, honestly. This has been so great. Um, so I guess with that, we're going to see you guys hopefully in a minor league ballpark very soon. So for everybody here, this has been Nick and Kevin and producer Brad. Guys, we'll see you real soon. Go Niners. Take care. Thanks, guys. <laughs>